Live from the Average Joe Nation studios in St. Clair, Missouri, this is the Average Joe Podcast, a show that proves that in this crazy world, a combination of common sense and a C-plus average is actually a superpower. Sure, he's crazy, but what if he's right? Please welcome your host, Damon Gilbert. All right, good morning. What uh, what do we have to talk about today? We need to talk about a lot of stuff. It was quite an evening, quite a day. It's been a lot of good news today that I thought, depending on how you look at it. I mean, it's not it's not earth shattering, but it is it is interesting to watch. Uh, last night, Nikki Haley lost in the uh, Nevada primary. We'll go into that here in a minute. But the really the main one I want to talk about today is Tucker Carlson making his way. Actually, he's in. He's in uh, Moscow today. I saw his interview last night, not his interview with Putin, but his statement that he was making because apparently he's getting a lot of flack about this. A lot of, a lot of anti, uh, American, um, I guess propaganda for the most part. The CIA, he says, has been watching him for the last six months. It was even, even past, I think the way he talked, he's been under surveillance since before he left Fox News, mainly about his views, about the things he talked about, things he's bringing up that they don't want anyone to know about. That's what this is all about. They want to stifle and censor everything that you learn new. Anything that's not in the narrative, they do not want you to have access to. That's what this is all about. Tucker's over there. He's going to interview Putin. I think he did it today. We'll probably see it Sometime later this evening, he's going to post it on Twitter. It's going to be, it's not going to be behind a, a paywall of any kind. It's going to be free to the American public to watch an interview with apparently the guy that's in the black hat, according to the powers that be in the United States. Putin is being portrayed and has been portrayed for the last two years and for all eternity, as far as I'm concerned, as the bad guy. He is the evil one. He's the one you want to keep watch out. He's the one that controlled the 2016 election. He's the one who was behind Trump. He's the puppet master. That's, that's who they want you to believe this guy is. Now, he invaded Ukraine. His reasoning, we think, is because he, it was a land dispute. It's a border dispute. We're going to find out. We're going to find out in this interview that Tucker Carlson is doing with Vladimir Putin. I'm just excited to see it. it, it I, I can't wait to watch it. I really can't. And he's going to post it on Twitter. Elon Musk is not uh, censoring it, which I, I tip my hat to, to uh, Elon in that, in that regard. Because the administration and the shadow government can't do anything about it. Now. What, what, what's going to come from this interview? I really don't know. It's possible we'll learn things that we thought were true. Uh, we may learn things that we were not true. I, I really don't know. Uh, Tucker Carlson is a great interviewer. He's going to do, I'm sure, a tremendous job. Now, obviously, this will be through a translator because I don't believe uh, Vladimir Putin uh, knows English. So there'll, there'll be some, you know, interpretation maybe that, but not, not a great deal of it. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Tucker Carlson made a great statement last night explaining why he's over there. He's over there because it's his job. 
He's a journalist, and he believes that the American people should know all the facts and then make, it, make their decision based on those facts. I think that's a great idea. My question is this, why is Biden or Blinken or one of those over negotiating with this guy? Why not meet with Putin? Or, or, you see, they don't want you to meet with him. They want him to be the evil one behind the curtain. No, they do not want you to be to, to develop like a, a relationship with this guy. He's supposed to be portrayed as the bad guy, the one with the black hat on. Because we, as Americans, according to the, you know, the propaganda they want to put out there, they want you to believe that the Americans are the guys with the white hats on. And believe me, folks, you know as well as I do, that's not always the case. And very seldom is it the case. We usually have anything the federal government does, there's, there's a reason for it. There's an underlying reason for it. There's, there's, it, it, it's never, ever, and I can, I can guarantee you this, I guarantee this, through all that I've watched and all I've read and the years I've spent on this earth, the federal government does very little for the betterment of humanity. They just don't. That's not how it works. Most people think that, well, they're here to, they're here to do good. No, they're not. No, they're not. There's an underlying reason to be here. They have absolutely no, they do not care about the average person on this planet. They just don't. So who's the bad guy in this? Are we wearing the black hats? Maybe it, maybe it's possible that Putin is wearing a black hat and the United States wears a black hat. Maybe there is no white hat. Maybe a white hat is worn by the, I don't know, the American people. Maybe that's how it works. And we're up against these two, these two bad guys. I'm not saying Putin's a good guy. Believe me. I'm not saying he is. He's, he's a politician. He survived in that system for many years. So he can't be a good guy. But nonetheless, this is a border dispute in my book. What's going on in Ukraine? Now, we like to portray Zelensky as the guy with the white hat. He's fighting the good fight. That couldn't be any further from the truth. If anybody's wearing a black hat, and I mean a solid black ink black uh, hat, it's Zelensky. He's a scumbag. He's a crook. He's a charlatan. He's fake. That's all he is. He's there to make money. That's what he's doing. And that money is coming from you and me as taxpayers and, and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. It's going to go on down the road. That's, who's, that's who the bad guy is. Now, Putin... He's been in power for a long time. We've always hated him. And, and, and then this all stems back from the World War II and the Russians and the Soviet Union. That, that's where this all comes back to. Russia is not the Soviet Union anymore. It's just not. It's got, the Soviet Union at that time was massive. It was gigantic. It took off, it, was, it, it encompassed half of Europe and, and, and the middle, you know, all the way to China. I mean, it was huge. It, right now, the Soviet Union, or the Russians, the Russian state, it's so large, even now. And this is after, after the fall of uh, the, uh, the wall in, uh, in Germany, when, when the Soviet Union collapsed. You know, they, they lost all of their satellites. All of, it, it, Yugoslavia was, did away with it. I mean, they lost everything. Right now, they have an economy the size of Italy. That's not very big. They have tremendous amounts of resources. They really do. But they're in 12 time zones. Can you believe that? 
12 time zones encompass that country. It's huge. It's massive. Why, why are we not trying to work with these guys? Your, your common enemy, and I know Russia's uh, ally is China, but China is, China is the evil one. They're the ones with the black hat on too. So for Tucker Carlson to go over there, I think it's, I couldn't believe it. I, I had my head in my hands. I couldn't believe he was actually pulling this off. God knows what he had to do to get this set up. It, it must have been something. Not to mention the fact you got the NSA, the CIA, all, all you know, just pissed off to no end that you're going over there to do this. Because he's going to reveal things. I can almost guarantee it. He's going to reveal things that you and I did not, we were not aware of. Maybe in how the, the uh, United States has reacted to certain things. Maybe certain things that the United States has done in the past that we weren't aware of. It's hard telling. It's hard telling what he's going to say. He has, he has the bully pulpit right now. Everyone's going to want to watch this interview. And the administration is going to try and dismiss it. Just like they did uh, a book that Amazon is trying to sell. I don't know about you, but, and this is a completely different story, but the, the federal government, the uh, Biden administration, is trying to suppress any kind of books that Amazon sells that dispute the COVID-19 pandemic either the disease itself or the uh, vaccines. And in this one particular uh, instance, it is a self-published book. I just, I just saw it the other, uh, just a few minutes ago. This guy's a, a doctor and he wrote a book that says, if anybody tells you that the vaccines are safe, they're lying to you. Okay, the federal government wants Amazon to ban that, the sale of that, of that book. Well, I don't know about you, but if someone tells me, hey, whatever you do for the next five minutes, do not think about peanut butter. What's the first thing you're going to think of? Peanut butter, of course. So when the federal government tells me, or I read that you're trying to suppress something, what's the first thing I do? I go out and buy the book, which I'm, I'm going to get. I don't know if they're going to pull this off and get it done, but that's the way the federal government operates. They would rather you do not have all the information. The only information they want you to have is the information they provide to you. That is the absolute definition of propaganda. It really is. So for Tucker Carlson to have the guts to go over and do this interview is just absolutely fabulous. I couldn't be happier. I am so glad he's doing this. I, re I respect this guy more and more every time I see him. Every time I read something about him, he is my hero. He's a journalist, and I love the way he put that. He said, I'm doing my job. I'm going out and I'm finding out what is in, what the story is, which is a lot more than anybody at the New York Times or the LA Times or the Chicago Tribune do, or at CNN or MSNBC. It's all about opinion. That's all it is. There is no journalism in the United States anymore other than this guy, Tucker Carlson. There are more. They're independent people that do a great job. And that's where you should be getting your news rather than from, you know, the mainstream uh, sources. And this is why, because they don't want you to see this. I guarantee MSNBC is not going to run Tucker Carlson's interview. CNN's not. If anything, they're going to come up and, and claim that he's a traitor of some kind. That's what they're going to do. They're going to call for his head after this. He's going to have all kinds of troubles. He's probably going to get audited by the IRS. His kids probably aren't going to get into the best schools. I mean, they have many ways to come after you. They really do. 
Now, are they going to are they going to uh, call for him as a traitor? I don't know. They're they're kicking it around. I, I've read that they're talking about that. Now, wouldn't that be something for a man going over and doing his job rather than Joe Biden going over and trying to solve this problem in Ukraine? That's what should be. That's what should be going on right now. Tucker Carlson shouldn't even be involved in this. He shouldn't have to go over there and interview this guy. We should already know all this information. It's it's going on two years that this invasion took place. And what do we have to show for it? Nothing but an empty pocketbook. We've donated millions and billions of dollars to this, this fight. And we're losing it. It's a proxy war against the, the Russians. And I think this is a great idea for Tucker Carlson to go over and interview this guy. I want to know where he stands on this. Don't you? Wouldn't it be nice to know he may provide us with information we weren't even aware of. What about the Nord Stream uh, pipeline? What's he think about that? Was it, did you do it? Did, you know, Vladimir, did you blow it up? Well, of course not. And he's going to explain, and he probably knows who did. He probably has evidence. It's hard telling what's going to come out of this interview. I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, what else happened today that was good news? It was, uh, oh, let's see. Oh yeah. Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. I don't know if you've heard this yet, but I had to give you my twist on it. My, my, uh, my, my view of it, uh, in the, uh, <laughs> in the Nevada primary, which shouldn't have been held at all. Okay. The Nevada primary should not have been, should have not have taken place. This was forced on the Nevada uh, Republican Party by partisans in the Republican Party. They wanted this primary. They said that caucus is no good. Because, see, Nevada used to have caucuses, just like Iowa does, where you get together, people have to show up, and they stay for hours, that, that kind of thing. And so the Republican Party in Nevada said, hey, we're going to have a primary instead. Because it'll be easier. People can, it's, it'll be easier to vote. <clears throat> we can, we can, and it's all by, ma it's all by mail, in case you didn't know that. It's all by mail. Yeah. There's no going into a voting booth. You have to do it all online. Well, not online, but you have to mail it in. So the RNC said, no, we're not going to do that. We're still going to have our caucus. Uh, you can have your primary. That's fine. But you're not going to get any delegates because of who wins it. Okay. Fair enough. So Nikki Haley decides, hey, instead of going to the caucus and getting my ass handed to me, I'm going to go to the primary and I'll win it. And then I'll have some kind of uh, win <laughs> that I can brag about. Well, that didn't quite work out last night because on the primary ballot, there was a choice that you can make that it says none of these candidates, none of the above. Okay. You could vote for that. You could vote for none of the above, which I think personally, I don't know about you, but I really believe at the end of the day, that's what they should have on every single ballot. Every single ballot should be required to have at the very bottom. I don't care if you're voting for dog catcher. If it's going to be on a ballot and you have to mark a ballot, I think that every possible one should have Every, every, I don't care if it's senator, congressman, everyone should have none of the above. I think that should be a, a possibility. Because there are days when I look at this, the possibilities and the people who are running, I go, you know, neither one of these guys is worth a damn. I would like to have that option where I could check none of the above. Well, 
What happens to Nikki Haley in uh, Nevada? Well, she got 30% of the vote. She did get that. So she has that to brag about. The problem is none of these candidates got 61%. 61% said, I would rather have no one than Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, or Tim Scott. Nikki Haley got 32.4%. Mike Pence got 4.2%, which I don't know who in their right mind would go ahead and vote for uh, uh, Mike Pence, who's not even running. That's stupid. Tim Scott, come on, you may break. Yeah, he got 1.3, 629 votes out of the entire state. I think I could have pulled that off. So why would you do that? Why would you do that? And, and, and more importantly, more importantly, why would you stay in a race like this? Why would, why would Nikki Haley think it was a good idea to go on to South Carolina now? I mean, I, I fully expected to read the Once I read this headline, I thought the next headline that I'm going to see is that Nikki Haley has decided to drop out of the race. But that, that, didn't, that didn't happen. And what's funny is the Democrats, the Democratic Party, is calling this a win for them. How is, how is, how, how is it possible that none of these candidates is a win for the Democratic Party? I don't understand that. Trump wasn't even on the ballot. Now, he's going to go to the caucus tomorrow. I think it's on Wednesday or Thursday. I think it's Thursday. Anyway, it's, it's either tonight or tomorrow. He's going to go to the caucus. He's going to get probably 85 to 90% of the vote. And he's going to get all the delegates. What would Nikki Haley, why would she want to stay in this? And I think I know the answer to it. Now, she's going to go to South Carolina and she's going to get curb stopped. She is. Um, I bet she gets beat by, I don't know, 20, 30 points in, uh, in her home state. That's embarrassing to get beat in your home state. But I think I figured it out. The money's still coming in. Donations are still coming in. There are, there are people out there, rich people out there, who are still donating to her campaign. Right. So the money's going into the coffers. It's not as much because a lot of people have backed off. They said, now oh, that's enough of that. She's not going to win, which is a smart move. I mean, you're not going to bet on a horse that's in last place. Okay. As he's coming down the stretch, you're not going to start, you know, betting on him thinking he's going to win. That's, that's basically what you're doing here. But some of these people have more money than they do. They have since. So they're still donating to her, her campaign. Why do you, why do you think, why do you think that she's staying in it then? Well, I, full, I firmly believe it's because of her staff. People who are on her, on her staff, probably in their 20s, early 30s maybe, they've got a great job right now. They're probably making six figures. If she drops out, that job goes away. She's pretty easy to apparently to talk into things. So maybe they're telling her, hey, Nikki, stay until South Carolina. If you do good there, we can move on. Maybe, you know, to Super Tuesday and all that. I, 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 full, I firmly believe that. Anyone with any lick of sense who's ever been in politics at all does not continue on. This is a suicide mission. That just goes to show you that she is not capable and she is absolutely not qualified to be president of the United States. She's not even actually qualified to even be running for it, in my opinion. Yeah, this woman, this woman is beyond stupid. And, and maybe, it, I don't know, if she goes into South Carolina and loses big, and I mean like hugely, if she loses big time, 
her her political career is it's toast. There's no coming back from that. I mean, look, look at look at Christie. He's the biggest idiot that ever walked the face of the earth. But he knew he knew it was time to get out. And he did. Now he's talking about coming back. So I don't know how smart he is. He's coming back to with a no parties candidate running as a he's a lunatic too. They're all lunatics. These people can't read the tea leaves. You get beat this bad, you come in behind, you know, anybody but you. <laughs> That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I would, I would be embarrassed. I don't know about you, but I would be embarrassed to show my face the next day. Wouldn't you? How embarrassing. And I guarantee she doesn't have a problem with it. She'll get up there and she'll spin it somehow or otherwise. She's, uh, uh, you know, this is actually a win for her. You know, we're going to move on to South Carolina and we're looking forward to that. I'm in second place now. Yeah, you're in second place, I guess. But when a guy that you're running against, you can't even see him in the race because he's so far ahead of you. I don't think it's a good idea. And not only that, but if she thinks she's going to stick around until Trump's either indicted or they take a shot at him or try to kill him, she's not going to be the candidate. If, any, if anything, it's going to be uh, Ron DeSantis is going to come back. They're going to pick him during the convention or whatever. I, this is not going to happen for her. This woman is not going to be in politics at all. She should have never been. She's incapable of it. She was a terrible UN ambassador. And she and now she appears to be, well, appears she is, in fact, a traitor to the Trump administration. Yeah, I think. I think this woman is no good. She's, she's, she's unpredictable. She is the younger version of Hillary Clinton. No one likes you. Go away. That would be the thing that I would tell her. And I would tell it to her face. No one likes you. You're not likable. Just go away. Go do something else. Go write books. Go do whatever you want. But this is not your spot. <laughs> and the people who have money, I wish, I, wish, I wish I had that kind of money that I could give it away to a lost cause. Yeah. And I don't even know what they're accomplishing by doing that. She's not going to have any power. Most people donate to political campaigns because they figure they're going to get something in the, in the end. At the end of the day, once everything's said and done and everything settles, I'll call them in six months and ask for a favor. That's how this works. That's how the world works. She's not going to be anything. She's going to be, I'm not even sure she's a housewife. I don't know what she does. Is she in a, I'm really not sure. Is she an attorney or why? I really don't know. If she is, I wouldn't want to use her if I was, <laughs> if my, my life was on the line. But again, I don't want to, I'm not going to dwell on it much longer, but this was, this was, this was very satisfying to me. I kind of saw this coming, but I, I, I wondered if it would, if they would pull it off. And apparently they did that people decided we would rather have no one run than to have you. So very embarrassing. Ah, uh, let's see. What else we got here today? Uh, let's see. Whoops. Okay. Another thing I wanted to talk about that happened yesterday, which I thought was absolutely, it was like an example of how bad things are. How, how clueless and we are leaderless in this country. Did you see what Joe Biden said yesterday? I mean, he has a gaffe every day. He's got a gaffe every time he opens his mouth. But this one was unbelievable. This one was, this one was beyond anything I'd ever seen. 
he, he, he actually said that he had had a conversation with French President Francois Mitterrand. He said he spoke with him in 2021. Okay, that doesn't sound too bad. Maybe he did. If he did, he had to do it at a seance because Mitterrand's been dead since 96. Now, I know who he confused him with. He, 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 he confused him with Macron, Emmanuel Macron, okay? Who, and he, got the, and he got the country wrong. He said he was in Germany rather than France. I mean, guys, this is when you know somebody's past the point of no return. You should never let this guy out alone. Because when he gets alone and he says things off the cuff, it's always wrong. He always makes an ass out of himself. And he shows beyond a shadow of a doubt how piss poor this guy is right now as far as health. And what's funny is the, 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 the uh, White House won't even address the fact that this has happened. They won't even talk about it. Matter of fact, where was it? Uh, where was it? Uh, Ducey from... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Peter, Peter Ducey from uh, Fox News. He's in the press corps in the White House. And he asks, uh, he asks KJP, say, uh, under, uh, let's see, he says, she was not going to go there. It says, Ducey said, how is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay? Even though in Las Vegas, he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. I mean, I think that's a fair question. I mean, you can say it's a gaffe all you want. You can say, well, he didn't mean that. He just got it confused. Okay. But if he's trying to prove that he's capable of this job, shouldn't, there, shouldn't, shouldn't he have an explanation for this? Other than, well, I just fucked up. Now, I, I, and not only that, don't you think... I mean, this is just me. Don't you believe that the, the press secretary should address this kind of a gaffe? I think they should. They should explain to me. I mean, say he was tired. Say he, you know, he, but this, you can't do this every day. That's why no one believes what's going on here. Okay. And, and here's what her response was. This Jean-Pierre said, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, sir. And then she moved on to someone else. What is this? So we only talk about the good things that we think are good. When when you're when you're when your boss makes a fuck up, you what you you're you're going to dismiss it and not talk about it at all? It's ridiculous. And then they wonder why nobody they they wonder why no one believes this guy is capable of doing anything. And this isn't the only thing he did yesterday. Yeah, I mean he. It says Tuesday, May. Oh, let's see, what is it? Uh, first of all, first of all, at this uh, at this event where he was going to speak on Tuesday, he was in half an hour and a half late. What is that all about? And no explanation of why you're late. And it says when he finally arrived, his remarks and responses were very brief. He read a little bit from his notes and answered a few questions, and then he was out of there. Okay, it says first he talked about how they had to get past the toxics and petty partisanship in politics. We have to get past that, guys. We have to quit calling each other names. We need to work to... Now, he's not saying this. I'm saying this. He said, we need to get past this partisanship. We need to start working together, being friends, because at the end of the day, 
It's all about the, uh, it's all about America, right? That's what he wants to say. But then having said that, he claims in the next breath, the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. <laughs> now, reminder, Biden spent his first 100 days reversing Trump-era border security, including halting the border wall, ending Remain in Mexico, and lifting the border emergency. But somehow or other, somehow or other, it's still Trump's fault. Even though you've been in office for three years, even though you have the power of the pen with executive orders to solve this problem. And by the way, by the way, up until January, his, his administration kept insisting that the border was secure and refused to call it a crisis. Suddenly, last month, he flips, the, he flips it and says it, it, he's recognizing there is a crisis and has been for 10 years and that he has begged for help from Congress. And then proceeds to say that it's Trump's fault. This guy's a lunatic and we're going to be lucky to live through it. It really is. And I tell you what, honestly, this guy had brain surgery at one point. This is not the same man that in the 1980s. And I know we all get older. Don't get me wrong. We get a little bit slower, but this guy, I, I was watching an interview with a neurologist, basically a brain surgeon. And he was talking about, and it had nothing to do with, with Joe Biden, but it was pertinent to what, 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 what's going on. He said, once you open the skull up and the brain is exposed to the outside air, that you, as a, your personality, your, the person you were, you're never the same. He said, I've seen it over and over again. Anytime you expose that brain to the outside world, you've got problems. And I think that's, I think that's the case here. This man is slowly, he, he's like a, He's like a potted plant in your house that you haven't watered. Okay. He's just slowly starting to deteriorate right before your very eyes. It gets worse and worse every day. This man, I've seen better corpses laying in a coffin than this guy. And somehow or other, he believes he's going to win this election, that he's, he's going to go up against Trump. He dismisses Trump every chance he gets. Someone asked him the other day about a, a debate between him and Trump. And he just, he just blew it off. He was like, he laughed and, and, you know, just dismissed it. Like, oh yeah, I bet he'd love that. As a matter of fact, I think he would. And so would the American people. I would love to see this guy go up against uh, uh, Biden. I'd love to see Trump and Biden go at it. I mean, can you imagine that? That would be, it would actually be elderly abuse. It really would. And the both, the both guys are both pretty close to the same age. But Donald Trump has not had brain surgery. He's never had an aneurysm, you know. And not only that, but the man was smart and, and has always been smart. Joe Biden has never been smart. He's never been considered very, very bright. I mean, if you look back and you see what people have said about him over the years, and I, I don't want to go into it again, but I mean, he literally is the dumbest man in every room he walks into. And he was able to become a senator in Delaware, and he got reelected over and over again. That's where he came from. And then he ended up being the, the, the uh, basically the court jester on the Obama administration. Barack Obama needed somebody that would be a yes man. And I guarantee he bribed him with money and said, hey, you take Ukraine, you run with it. Make as much money as you want. But just stay out of this. Because every once in a while, Biden would say something stupid. 
He did that over and over again as the vice president. And now he's in charge and he's saying things that are even dumber. And he looks horrible. I kind of feel sorry for the guy at a certain level. It's really hard to, though. I, I, I don't care for this man at all. I don't care for anybody in his family or anybody that's associated with him. I really don't. Because they're all evil. If if you if you if you hooked your your wagon to this to this this star, then I have no respect for you. I knew this guy was a loser thirty years ago when he ran for uh, president the first time. When you start plagiarizing and lying about your, I don't know your academic uh, record and your military record and the fact that you, you know, got a deferment from the Vietnam War for for uh, asthma. And then yet you were able to play, you know, be a quarterback on your college football team. You're a liar. There's no other way to look at it. You are a liar. This man is a habitual liar. And at this point, I think he's completely, his, his mind is completely gone. Because every time he speaks, it's, it's another gaffe. And a gaffe that they won't even explain. Because they can't explain it. I mean, how would you explain the gaffe here? What would you say? Well, he's got dementia. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Peter <laughs> Ducey, he's got to mention we, we really don't know what to do about it. We're doing our best, we, the best we can. They're not going to say that. They just dismiss it and move on. I guarantee you, there has been there has been talk in the White House about what to do about this guy, and they are between a rock and a hard place. They really are, because if you get rid of him, you've got Kamala Cackle and Kamala uh, taking over, and they don't want that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, let's see, moving along. We're talking about the border right quick. Uh, well, no, I want to talk about something else right quick. Uh, Bill Maher, he loves Govern- Governor Newsom. He does. Loves him. He thinks he's wonderful. But he can't list one accomplishment that he's done. That's pretty bad. It says right-leaning audiences are lapping up Maher's willingness to mock woke overreach on many fronts. And he's eager to call out his fellow Democrats. Uh, apology. Plus, Mayer is starting to realize how corrupt modern journalism is. He still loathes President Donald Trump and is progressive to the core, but conservatives appreciate Mars' willingness to cross ideological lines. So in this instance, he was on his podcast, and now, mind you, he still loathes President Donald Trump and is progressive to the core, but conservatives appreciate Mars' willingness to cross ideological lines, which I agree with that. I do like that sometimes he he does cross over. Mayor routinely invites right-leaning guests into his podcast studio. This this ranges from Kid Rock to Dave Rubin. So there's still part of the old Bill Maher in play. Something club random guest Patrick Bet David revealed on the podcast's latest episode. Bet David is a self-made millionaire and founder of Value Entertainment, playfully sparred with Maher over politics during their extended random chat. And in this one, Marr hailed Newsom as, a, as both a great real-time with Mayor Bill Marr guest and a political winner. He wishes it was Newsom, not Joe Biden, leading the Democratic ticket this year. Marr described Newsom as smart and effective, the kind of leader we need in these troubled times. That's when his guest, this Bet David, dropped the bomb on Marr. He said, why? Can you share Newsom's results? The evidence that he'll bring change to the country? He says, that's when things went south for the affable host. He says, if he ran for president, it would be great because it would force him to move to the center. Now, this is Mark talking. 
ignoring how far left the modern Democratic Party is, and by extension, President Biden's first three plus years in office. That's when this bet David struck. He says, are you a results-driven guy? He asked Mara. What has Newsom done to California to say he's a winner? Mara didn't know what to say. He said, oh God, I don't know, Mayor said, instantly uncomfortable. You know what? He made it rain. Okay, dude, it wasn't raining and now it's raining, so he's got my vote. This is the mentality of the left. It really is. They cannot bring up one instance of any accomplishments of anyone. But if they like the guy, he's good looking, he's, he's charismatic, and he's a good speaker, we'll vote for him, no matter how bad he is or how bad his policies are. It's pathetic. It really is. It really is. So <clears throat> in that same vein, Newsom has decided to send, now mind you, Oakland, California is amid a crime surge that I don't think it, it rivals anything in America's history. It's horrible there. Businesses are moving out left and right. They're, they're just, they're exiting left stage. I mean, they are out of there. No one's going back. And it's all because of crime. I mean, when In-N-Out Burger leaves, and it has nothing to do with the amount of money they were making, it's just the fact that they're, they're, uh, their employees can't come to work without worrying about getting shot at or their car being vandalized. Then you got problems. So what's the answer? Newsom has decided to send 120 state law enforcement officials to Oakland amid the crime surge. That's his answer to it. That's what he thinks is going to solve this. Sending more law enforcement in. I mean, it couldn't hurt. But that's not the underlying reason for all this going on. It's just not. Yeah, it, it, it has to do with a whole, the whole culture swing. It really does. 120? 120, 120? Come on. They're probably down. I would say uh, Oakland, California is probably short 500 officers. Because nobody wants to be it anymore. Who wants to mess with that? Who wants to get involved in that? It's not exactly the greatest career in the world to begin with. And then you're going to throw me into the lion's den? No, uh -uh. I'm going to go somewhere else in a small town somewhere and be a cop there. You can't, they can't get people to do this. That's why he's, got, he's sending a whole 120 guys there. Yeah. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to arrest these people, even if you do make an arrest. What happens? They go through the process. They're back out on the street that afternoon. That's it. That's it. And then they wonder why they got trouble. All right, next story. I don't know if you saw this or not, but Max, which used to be Cinemax, is adding a trigger warning to the movie Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Cancel culture finally comes for Mel Brooks. I was wondering when this was going to happen. Cancel culture is, is absolutely trying to take down everything. Blazing Saddles, the movie 1974. It, it, was, it, was a, it, was a, uh, it was a satire. It, it, it made fun of racism by mocking racism without a filter. It was, it was considered one of the legend's best comedies. It was a testament to Mel Brooks about his creative freedom and wit. I mean, it really was. If you haven't seen it, you shouldn't. I know you probably all have. I howl every time I watch this thing. But that's not enough for the cancel culture. That's not enough for the woke group. I mean, Max, they've, they actually pulled off Gone with a wind from their cyber shelves. Yeah. They did that. Gone with the wind. Please. It's, it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing what we're becoming in this country. It really is. Uh, let's see. Running out of time here. I, Jesse Smollett. Um, here's a new one on Jesse. Juicy. Juicy Smollett. 
he appeals to the Illinois Supreme Court to dismiss his case. Okay. Now, this is when he lied about being attacked, claimed it was a hate crime in 2019. He ends up going to have to do time over it. What's he do? He wants you to forgive him and forget. That's what he wants. And I don't know. The state of Illinois may very well do that. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. So, I mean, is, is Illinois going to show any balls in this one? I mean, his, his career is over. No, I don't think anybody, any reputable place is going to hire him. So his, his career is pretty much over. But is he going to do time over this? Personally, I think he should. He claimed, he claimed it, was, it was a false report. And not a very good one either. I mean, he claimed that two rednecks beat him up at two o'clock in the morning on the streets of Chicago. I mean, it was, it was, it was ludicrous. I, you could tell by the, just hearing the story, you knew it wasn't true. But he wants the Illinois Supreme Court to forget about it, to dismiss his case. I say no. I say no. I say we go get this guy. He deserves it. He deserves to do some, ch- some time in jail. Yeah, and you may be doing him a favor anyway, because he'll probably end up writing a book about it and making money. But I personally think you should have to go do the time that you and I or anyone else would have to do for making a false statement like that. Uh, now, the next story is uh, Patrick Mahone's dad. I don't know if you know about this guy, but apparently he got arrested for a DWI the other day. And the judge says that he's still going to be able to travel to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Okay, now this is, what was it, the third or fourth DWI this guy's had? And I know everybody's got people in their family that they're not real proud of. But <laughs> this one, this one takes the cake because apparently this guy is either unable to handle his liquor or he is just... He is the stereotypical individual that we all know that he probably is. It says uh, he can go, but however, Mahomes is reportedly prohibited from consuming alcohol or illegal drugs. Well, I'm sure that's going to happen, right? If you've got three or four DWIs under your belt, I mean, of course he's going to take the judge's word, you know, and do whatever the judge asks. So... He's has, he has to have an interlock device on his vehicle and will need to submit to random drug screenings while he's there. Apparently, Mahomes was arrested on a driving while intoxicated three or more times in Texas. And then on Saturday, he was arrested again uh, and was released on $10,000 bond. He was arrested for driving while intoxicated for the second time in 2018. He pled guilty to the charge and was ordered to spend 40 days in jail. He was charged with possession of an open container of an alcoholic beverage in a vehicle in 2014, but later just paid the fine. This guy's a piece of work. Can you imagine having him there at your at your at the Super Bowl? I, I kind of feel sorry for that Mahomes now, the the quarterback. I really do. This has got to be this has got to be embarrassing. It really does. Oh uh, yeah, we got a little bit late breaking news as far as I'm concerned, but it sounds like now I'm not I'm not I'm going on a limb here saying this, but it appears from everything that I'm reading, that something has happened to Prince Charles. Now, the word on the street, or at least what they were announcing, was that he had prostate cancer. Uh, It appears that may not be the case because he was was airlifted out of Buckingham Palace this morning. And apparently, what was it, Prince Harry has come to visit him and only stayed for a few minutes. So... The word on the street is from what all the sources that I, you know, people that I read and listen to say that they think maybe he may have already died. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't really know. Of course, I have no way to confirm that. But if you listen to some of the sources, they say that 
he actually was going to have an operation a couple of months ago for prostate cancer. And unfortunately, when they, they went to do the surgery, they opened him up and he was littered with cancer. So who knows? Who knows? I um, mean, obviously the time will tell, but it doesn't really bode well for uh, uh, the uh, royal family. Now, who succeeds him in, in his, his spot? I don't know. But you talk about getting the wrong end of the deal. The guy's, the guy's what, king for four months? His mom lives to be 110 or whatever. That's got to be, a, that's, that's too bad. Couldn't happen to a nicer group of people as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, that's all I got. It is uh, February 7th and Joe Biden is the worst president in American history. Let's go, Brandon. As always, thanks for listening to the Average Joe Podcast. Be sure to check out our website at www.averagejoenation.media and follow us on social media. Remember, if you haven't told all your friends, you're wrong. <laughs>